here. Welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I am Alana here with Jamie. What's new with you? Hey, not a whole lot since we recorded our last episode about 30 seconds ago. But hey, people aren't supposed to know that we are coming through the time vortex and they have not heard from us in a week or so. That's right, which is a great segue again into our talk about, you know, this is our episode on prayer and predestination and time vortexes. Well, oh, we may or I may like- not talk about that. I don't know. <laughs> Our next episode is prayer and time travel. <laughs> Although for people who get into that stuff, we did have a an episode on, can you pray retrospectively for things? And that was actually a fairly fascinating topic to explore. It was. And I am definitely kind of a, I was just telling you, Alana, I'm listening to this book and it's by a physicist about like the effects of what we know about quantum mechanics and quantum physics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how it impacts our worldview, our philosophies and our religion. So I'll let you know. I was thinking we might even do an episode about that. We kind of talked about that. So we'll see yeah. if I, if no, I come it is away really with any takeaways because I do love <laughs> that the merging of, you know, God's creation via science yeah. and what's revealed in scripture that we know to be true. Exactly. I've been listening to a book on and off. It's uh, it's not like the most engrossing thing I've ever read. So I kind of listen to it in spurts, but it is interesting. It's called something like God in the brain or how God changes your brain. And oh, yeah. again, it's about, it's basically the intersection between spirituality and neuroscience and, you know, not specifically from a Christian perspective, but things like what we've talked about, how does prayer change your brain? Cause it totally does. And yeah, interesting stuff. So today we are not talking a ton of quantum, but we are going to be kind of continuing a little bit. So we did a coffee break episode that touched on prayer and predestination specifically as it pertains to praying for our unsaved friends. And today we're just going to extrapolate from that topic even more. So basically the crux of the question is if God already knows the future, then why should we bother to pray about it? Right. Cause there, there can be a set of, well, if God knows everything and therefore God knows the future, therefore isn't the future basically already predetermined and therefore prayers a waste of time, which it's not, but we need to figure out how to get to the point where we realize that it's not without doing a ton of mental gymnastics. Yeah. But so I'm excited. First, yeah, I am too. But first we have a just for fun question, which I'm interested to hear because I'm not going to come up with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for just for fun, I want you to picture like who you were in high school, like on graduation day. Mm-hmm. And if everybody who knew you pretty well was to put together a poll for like, what is Jamie going to do with her life? What would they think? So basically, like, what did people who knew you at age 18 think that you were predestined to become or do? Well, I had for so many years leading up to that, I had wanted to become a veterinarian. And mm-hmm. I had chosen, I did early decision for Virginia Tech because that was my regional college of veterinary medicine mm-hmm. was the Virginia Maryland College that was located there. So I, you know, got an early decision. I got a job working at the emergency clinic at the vet clinic um, just to be close to the vet school. And so uh, that's what they probably would have thought is, oh, she'll be a veterinarian. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was a good student, so they probably would have thought it would have been something academic and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, 
Yeah, I guess probably they would have thought I would have become a veterinarian. I do wonder sometimes if people just based on, you know, I look at the person that I was as a senior in high Mm -hmm. school, Mm -hmm. which, you know, had varying degrees of I was a Christian, but in terms of my life and the way that that was projected, I just wonder sometimes Mm -hmm. if people that see the podcast or see my posts that Mm -hmm. knew me back then are like, what? (laughs) or if they're like that makes sense I guess you know I I don't know I would be curious to know that so if you're listening and you knew me that's right (laughs) at connect at prayingchristianwomen.com and be like you turned out way different than I thought yeah well I don't have Facebook under my maiden name and so I'm not very connected to too many people that I went to high school with or anything but the ones that I have connected with it's almost a 50 50 because uh, some of the people who are posting, well, let's, let's call it 25%. So some of them, like they were really, you know, gung ho for Christ when I knew him and they still are. Some were gung ho for Christ when I knew him and now they totally aren't. And some are the opposite, right? Like they were either indifferent to church and stuff, or maybe, you know, even agnostic or, or, you know, just neutral. And now they're like, they're really into it. So it is, it's interesting, But like, I know one thing I think of with the kids now that they're getting into their teens and thinking about, you know, life decisions, the seeds of who they are have always been there. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's so much easier to see in retrospect. (laughs) It is. And then like who they'll become is going to be something altogether. Like it's just, um, yeah, it, it is interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. My story is similar to yours. I was very academic minded and I wanted to go into medicine and most, most people who knew me knew that. Um, but there was also a big thread of, uh, like nobody would have expected me to become like an orthopedic surgeon living in like some ritzy place in Miami, like, you know, living a glamorous, glitzy lifestyle, you know, um, I had talked some about doing like medical missions, you know, so there was kind of a humanitarian aspect that I think the people who knew me well, recognized at that point, um, earlier. So like pre junior high, you know, everybody knew I wanted to be an author and the the medicine stuff was just really just kind of a side distraction for a little bit. But um, yeah, that's that's, you wanted to be. You wanted to be an author before then. Yeah, I remember even before I could read, like I would dictate stories to my dad and he'd write them out for me. And that was always the plan. And then it turned into, oh, well, actually, you need to find something that's going to pay the bills. I'm like, oh, well, how about I become a doctor? And sure. then I was That's like, easy. Oh. yeah, right. And then I was like, <laughs> eh, how about I don't become a doctor? <laughs> and, and now here I am a writer, which is great. It's funny because I was thinking about just writing and podcasting and the things that I do now. And prior to becoming, prior to deciding I wanted to be a vet, one of the things I said I wanted to do was I wanted to be a journalist. Like that was one of the things that was mine. And I had forgotten about that. And I, and I remember when I was little, um, when I was like in elementary school, I wrote poems. I had this like Mm -hmm. yellow legal pad and I had of poetry and I would write. And I remember my friend Erin came over one time and we were hanging out and she was like, I'm going to be your editor. And she took my my legal pad of poems, which can you imagine, you know what it's like to give your work to someone and here oh, I, am I know. A kid, and I was like, what? 
and she like took a red pen she marked through it she changed stuff I hated it oh no well (laughs) congratulations Jamie you're a real author right but it was awesome because afterwards I looked at it and I was like well that's she's probably right about that so it's just interesting to think back to those those Mm -hmm. early things and that there were little seeds of you know wanting to be a journalist I was oh I just remember this in middle school, mm-hmm. I was on a show. I went to, um, it was called Stephen Decatur middle school. And we had a show called good morning Decatur. It was like a morning show, Aww. like with announcements uh-huh. and it was video. Uh-huh. I yeah. was on it. I forgot about That's that. Fun. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, it's like these little seeds here and there. And then I got to this, like my narrative became, I want to be a vet, but but there were still these seeds of mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. So yeah, that's, it's kind that's of, very interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to think about like, if you were to, this is a fun exercise for anybody listening, like pick the three or four th- jobs or careers or plans for your future that you entertained at some point before mm-hmm. you, you know, graduated high school and ask yourself, like, what do all of those have in common? Right. Mm-hmm. Like what does a journalist, a vet, a podcaster and a mom, <laughs> what do all those have in common? And and you might need to do a little bit of unconventional thinking to get there, but it might be kind of revealing about who you are. Well, right now I am podcasting with my dog laying at my feet, dangerously Uh. close to the power supply switch. (laughs) So I just keep Uh like nudging him with my foot. So it's sort of come together. What is the biggest surprise to you about just kind of how you turned out? Hmm. I would say the podcast actually in, cool. in terms of things uh-huh. that, that we do, that I do. Um, I always pictured I'd be a mom and mm-hmm. uh, I guess another surprise is that our kids are in hockey because when I was younger, okay. like I, that you're not a big sports worked. family. No, not at all. We watched okay. the Redskins on football. Like that was, uh-huh. that was what we did growing up. Yeah. Um, but I never, I, I just never would have thought that that we'd be a hockey mm-hmm. family. That's kind interesting. of interesting twist. What about you? Um, probably being so business focused, like it's no surprise mm-hmm. to anybody that I write and do creative work and that I'm involved in Christian type ministry. But the fact that like I really love some of the business side of it, I think yeah. that surprises me. Um, I was not a confident person growing up. And so there is a sense of like, you've, you've got to put yourself out there and 18 year old me couldn't have pictured that side of it. Um, and really some of it for me as a parent, I, so I definitely like, you know how some women like just dream of being moms. Like I can't wait to become a mom for me. It was, I wanted to be married and Mm -hmm. I just assumed like, okay. And then what happens next is you have kids. Like I never didn't want to be a mom. But I never was like, I, I wanted to be a wife. I wanted to meet the love of my life and, you know, have this fairy tale romance. And yeah, then we'd have some kids and figure out at that point what to do with them. But I don't think I had homeschool in mind, at least, mm, yeah. you know, at least through high school. Um, I went to a, you know, a real good and also very rigorous public school. And, and, and back then, you know, like I graduated in 2000s, like in the 90s. There were some families at homeschool, but it wasn't really mainstream. No. It was so not. it just wasn't really, uh, it wasn't like, I can't wait to grow up and be a mom and and teach my kids. <laughs> but it turned into something that I did love. I love that we get to do it and and things like that. But I would say that's that was a personal surprise because I didn't, I didn't picture that a ton 
right? Like for me, I just wanted to get to meeting the love of my life. And then whatever happened was like, okay, cool. <laughs> well, one of the things I love to do is, you know, we, we are talking about prayer and predestination, whether you believe in predestination or not. One of the things I love to do is look backwards at yeah. all of the crazy minute snap of the finger decisions mm -hmm. that led mm -hmm. to certain really important things. I know. Well, I've told you how reading crime and punishment got me to yes. where I am today, right? Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> the the two second version is I read crime and punishment for a high school lit class, decided I loved Russian literature. So when the opportunity to go on a mission trip to Russia came up when I was in college, I took it, which is indirectly how I ended up meeting my husband. So yeah, there's, there's just small little things like, you know, I think it's cool as reminder, especially as moms, or if you're praying for young people in your life, there are so many things that you don't know to pray for, right? Like my dad would have had no clue, like, dear God, please help her to read crime and punishment so that she can eventually find the man she's supposed to marry. Right? Right? <laughs> and so like, I think the only prayer can be like, please give my children or, or this young person that I love just the right open doors and the right opportunities at just the right time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the sensitivity to, to make the right choices and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cause it can be the opposite too, especially mm -hmm. when you're young, one really bad choice can, can wreck your entire life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of us could be like, yeah, but for the grace of God, that could have been me. Mm -hmm. And so extending that type of prayer to our loved ones as well, right? Open doors to make the right choices at the right time mm -hmm. and grace so that the wrong thing doesn't happen and in a snap, their whole life is ruined. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Well, let's chat about predestination because so the crux of the question, like we said, is since God knows the future, which he does, why do our prayers matter? So the fatalistic view on prayer is God already knows if grandma's going to recover from the flu. So whether I pray for grandma or not, doesn't matter. God already knows if Fido's going to come home or, you know, run away and get hit by a car. So praying for Fido to come home doesn't matter. Um, I think most people who are familiar with our show are not surprised that neither of us agree with that mentality, but because it can be pervasive and sometimes it's not, not quite that direct. Sometimes there are kind of subconscious tinges of that type of praying, even if we wouldn't go so far as to say, yeah, prayer doesn't make any difference. Um, there's subconscious tinges when we do pray for that, that I think is even, uh, Perhaps more so, but at the very least, just as insidious as being too fatalistic in a very direct way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think we all kind of fall into that. And especially, um, you know, I think another trap that we can fall into is seeing patterns. And so let me just give a for instance. Let's say um, you've been praying for financial breakthrough for a year and mm -hmm. every time something comes up that you're like, Ooh, I could see that God could work in this area. I, I could totally mm -hmm. see him using this as a springboard to, you know, mm -hmm. financial breakthrough. And then you pray for that and it doesn't pan out and you see it over and over and over again. And then you're just like, well, then you just become like, well, obviously 
I haven't seen what I've been mm -hmm. asking for in this, 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 and this. So obviously yeah. it'll never happen. Um, yeah. with that same mentality of, well, I guess I just was predestined to be at this level or to not yeah. have this or even extrapolate it to like, well, I just am cursed or God mm -hmm. doesn't love me or doesn't care for me. Mm -hmm. I think they mm -hmm. kind of fall into the same category. Um, but I, I don't know, maybe we can lay out sort of the different implications of, mm -hmm. of predestination or not. Like, yeah. I think that I think some people like the hardcore predestination people believe in what, you know, most currently is considered like the block universe model, which is that the past, present and the future exist all together at the same time. And there's literally nothing you can do to change it. It's just it mm -hmm. is. There is no what if there's no branch off like in the Avengers where you've got these parallel universes right. where the, <laughs> you know, the line yeah. splits. It's mm -hmm. just, it is what it is and that's it. And I think mm -hmm. that's the hardcore predestination, which is that they're, they're, what's going to happen is always going to happen. And if God mm -hmm. already knows that, then what's the point of prayer? Or even more so, if God's already in that future, so it already has happened, then what's the point, right? Yeah. Like you Then can there's even nothing end. I can pray one way or another. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yet, if you want to play the devil's advocate to that, which I really like to do, um, mm -hmm. you know, you can think, but what if the fact that I even thought of praying about this is a sign that I'm supposed to destined to pray for this? <laughs> and yeah, uh -huh. and I mean, I understand that idea of like, well, if it's not going to change, it's not going to change. But what if you're... Yeah, I, I guess it's like what yeah. if you're you are actively a part of that right right product being what it is. Yeah. yeah. So let me zoom out. My my two older sons sometimes entertain this, um, you know, kind of matrix question or simulation question. What mm -hmm. if we're all just you know, and and it's more hypothetical, right? Like they're not really thinking about this in like a hundred percent. Like it's a concern. Like what if nothing's real? What if what if we're NPCs in a video game or right? Like what if we're characters in a book that somebody's writing <laughs> or something like that? And I think especially when you're young, there is kind of that, that sense, like what, what's it all mean? Like, why, why, why are we here? What is consciousness? And what I've told them, first of all, I tell them like specifically, I am taking off my, um, Christian Bible teaching hat at this exact minute. So let's just put that aside for 10 seconds. And let me tell you this. If we're all in some kind of matrix and, and nothing is real and everything we experience is just some kind of electrical stimulation and we just kind of exist in some cloud-based netherworld that isn't actually tangibly real, I would not change a single thing right now about my life. Because right now, me living in the simulation experiences love and joy. And I can make your experience in this simulation happier or better by the connections that I make with you. So even if nothing, you know, so in your case, even if everything is totally uh, foretold beginning to end, I'm still experiencing today right now, and so are you, and therefore I can make 
your life better. You can make my life better. The fact that we were predestined to make each other's life better, who cares? Because we're making each other's life better, right? And then I tell my kids, and now I'm putting back on my Christian hat and don't worry, like we're not in a simulation and, and everything that we see is real, but heaven's even more real, right? But I think that's how I kind of take that. Um, have You guys have seen the movie Free Guy, haven't you? Oh, yeah, I have. So it kind of deals with that. It's actually, it's super cute um, and fairly family friendly for most, for most families, I would say, but they have this conversation. So basically guy is an N, what is it? An NPC non, yeah, a non-player character. So basically they're living in this computer game. He was programmed to just be one of the background characters, but he basically becomes self-aware and sentient. And so he's trying to tell his best friend. So it'd be like me realizing Jamie we're just in a video game and nothing is real and when they turn the game off we cease to exist and then the friend kind of tells him well even so like even if that's true I'm still here talking to you like I'm still helping my friend have a really good day Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so I think again sometimes there can be a division between yeah here is an interesting theoretical thought experiment What if I'm a brain in a bucket, right? Here is how I practically live out my life, which I do knowing that my actions have consequences in this life. And theoretically, if nothing matters and we're we're just part of a video game, which I, I don't agree with, but if I were to follow that thought experiment, who cares? Because my experience is real to me today. Your experience is real to you today. And I can make your experience better. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And because we are conscious and sentient, whatever it is, um, I mean, that Mm -hmm. makes us real, you know, that makes us, Mm -hmm. that makes our experiences real. And when you extrapolate that to prayer, whether that idea of this like block universe is, Mm -hmm. is, is real and everything's carved Uh in stone, I still like who I am. Mm-hmm. wants people to know Jesus. Like yeah. I want people to know Jesus. And exactly. I think that's why God made me is mm-hmm. and made me plunked me down right where I am yep. is because I'm part of that big plan, yeah. whatever it is. So I can give a resounding amen to that, you know, kind of like what I do with my kids in a computer simulation. Yeah. Let's say we do live in that block type of universe. And basically like, we're just playing out roles that were scripted for us from the beginning of, you know, existence. Even so, I want my role to be one whose prayers improve this existence that we have. And I think it could be um, argued. Okay, so let's say we're in a block. What is it? Block universe? Is that what it's called? Block universe theory. Okay, I was going to call it blockchain. I'm like, I don't think that's, (laughs) I don't think that's the word she was using. Okay, so let's, let's put it this way. Let's say that I am praying for um, people. Let's say that there's a fire threatening my community and I am praying for that fire to be put out. Okay, so first of all, we know that, there is no fire that's going to consume the entire, or that has consumed the entire world. So unless we're talking about the apocalypse, that fire eventually is going to be put out, which means theoretically, like my prayers are going to get answered one way or another, right? Whether it's today or next month, that fire is going to die out. 
I would still rather have the role of the person in the Splunk universe who prayed for that fire to be put out. And yeah, you could argue, I don't agree with this, but even if you could prove to me that I was, I was predestined to pray that prayer, I couldn't have not prayed that prayer. I would still say, yeah, but isn't it cool that I prayed that prayer and <laughs> God answered it, right? <laughs> so I don't agree that we're in that kind of completely fixed universe. No, but I don't either, even if we were, the record. yeah, even if we were, sure, I was destined to pray for my grandpa the night that he passed. I, I don't have a problem believing that. I think God woke me up for a very specific pur- purpose to do that. The thought that maybe I didn't have a choice to wake up and do that doesn't bother me because it was such a gift to be able to basically like pray him home you know yeah um we use this same verse in our coffee break episode about kind of talking about praying for unsaved people um and salvation in terms of predestination but you know this verse of the day romans 8 28 to 30 says And we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Um, And, you know, I think we talked a little bit in that episode, but in case you missed it, We talked about the idea of this foreknowledge and just because God has a foreknowledge and predestined us to be conformed into the image of his son. And just because that the past, present and future all exist all at once, if that is how it really is, who's to say that we don't have choices in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And I know Mm -hmm. that sounds counterintuitive, but you know, like we talked about in that episode, Jesus mm-hmm. prayed for the disciples, prayed for us in mm-hmm. space time. Like he was yeah. in there. Why would you bother mm-hmm. if prayer, mm-hmm. if if prayer isn't something we should be doing with, with yeah. passion and when mm-hmm. we're prompted? Yeah. Well, and we do see examples in scripture of prayer very specifically changing what would have otherwise been the outcome. There is what have been language in the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's King Hezekiah illness where he was told that he was going to die and he prayed and did not die right away. And so I think there's enough examples like that that we, we can say, yes, prayer makes a difference right here, right now. And then, so the other extreme, so you've got that block universe where it's like everything is fixed, nothing matters, mm-hmm. where we kind of already pointed out, theoretically, it still matters, <laughs> even if it's fixed, because we still have perceived consequences. We still have perceived here and now mm-hmm. kinds of kinds of things. Um, the way other extreme would be like that the, um, I think it's called open theism. And it's this concept that not even God knows what's going to happen, right? right. God he is, has like is, put a guard on his omniscience. Yes. And so it's almost like he's watching it play out and is just as surprised <laughs> as we are. And, you know, and maybe he can intervene, you know, little bits here and there, but it's not as though he's got this really big picture start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that like, there just, there isn't any biblical basis for that. There are so many verses that talk about, you know, God knowing the end of the matter from the beginning and things like that. But I think the appeal of open theism 
is it means that we don't have to struggle with that question of where was God when my child was dying or, you know, why is God allowing these horrible things to happen to these people in this region? Right. Because then we get to say, oh, well, you know, that wasn't part of God's plan. It just kind of happened. And now it's, it's up to him to, to make some good come of it. So on an emotional level, I get the appeal of it. Um, I've tried to picture God as both outside of my pain and right within it. Because yes, there is a sense of if something really bad or devastating happens to my family, I know that God has promised to bring good from that. But I also know that at that exact moment that I am experiencing deep hurt and sorrow, that God is there experiencing my deep hurt and sorrow, right? So it's like um, my my son, when he was 10, got his tonsils taken out. And the recovery was a little harder than we were expecting it to be. But he had had such problems with his tonsils. We knew it was going to be for the best. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean just because we knew it was going to be for the best that I wasn't like there trying to comfort him or telling him just get over it, right? Like- I was right there, but I also wasn't, oh no, his tonsils were out. What did I do? It was, no, this, this has to happen. This is the recovery and I'm going to be with him. And I think that's what God does to our trials too, right? He knows the end from the beginning. I love the language that we see in Job where Job talks or the devil talks to God about Job, about how God has kind of put these hedges of protection around him. Mm -hmm. Right. Or um, I think it's also in Job where they talk about God as being the one who says, like, God tells the ocean waves, you can go here, but no farther. Mm -hmm. And I see that as a picture of, yeah, sometimes things are allowed into our lives that we don't want. Sometimes devastating things happen to very innocent people and it makes no sense to us, but to therefore say, and and God had no control over that, that's such a scary place too. But but it's hard because the opposite, the other extreme is, oh, well, yeah, God could have stopped that guy from killing these innocent people, but he chose not to. Ha, have a great day. Hallelujah. Right? I mean, that's, that's not a good philosophy. <laughs> so again, I think that there probably is a reasonable middle ground, right? Where we have choices and those choices have consequences. The world has sinners in it and the world is still feeling the effects of the curse. And so bad things do happen. And yet God is with us when they happen and somehow sovereign over it as well. And I don't think we're going to get satisfying answers to that completely. I think there's always meant to be attention there because otherwise you have a very capricious God who doesn't care that we suffer because in the end he knows it's going to turn out all right. Or we have a very, very wimpy, weak-willed God who doesn't even know that it's going to come and is like, oh, no, you know, their family is devastated. What shall I do? And that's that's not our God either. Uh, and, you know, when I think of a, a big piece to the puzzle also is in any kind of thinking about how God works or suffering on earth or anything on earth mm -hmm. is that eternity is so much bigger than we can comprehend and mm -hmm. our time on earth even though right now it's everything mm -hmm. is going to be such a drop in the bucket and I don't want to minimize the experiences we have whether the joy or the mm -hmm. pain and suffering but um, I just I think that whenever we think about God and I don't I don't think that we understand most of the time how big God is because yeah. 
the way the Bible reveals God to us is through human words. It's yeah. through human understanding. I think that's why Jesus came. Well, I know Jesus came to bridge that gap between mm -hmm. us and our sinful nature and God. But I think mm -hmm. also to give us this, you know, picture of what God is like in a way that we can understand. Mm -hmm. And yet there mm -hmm. is this huge, like huge rest of God, huge iceberg under the water of God that we can't even fathom. And so I think yeah. whenever you get into the weediness of not understanding, I, I think it's healthy to let go as, as hard as it might be of, mm -hmm. if you get to a point where this is, you're just, you're not finding yourself getting to know God better, wanting to pray more, wanting to, mm -hmm. um, love people. Yeah. If it's not inspiring you to a stronger, deeper faith, I think there's a, that's the time when you need to maybe let go and just be like, God is so big. I'm not going to get this and mm -hmm. that's okay. And, yeah. and move forward through it and just ask God, like to give you that motivation, to give you that desire and understanding to the extent that you can get it about how things are. <laughs> yeah. And to pray as though it does matter, right? Yes. To pray as though the world is going to be horrifically worse off if you don't. Right. And, and like I, like we talked about in kind of that thought experiment. So what if you were predetermined to pray that way? That's still your calling. And so it still has consequences in the here and now when you pray like that. So again, I think there are certain things that are great for kind of glass tower intellectual discussions, but when it comes right down to it, it doesn't really matter in terms of how passionately we pray because whether everything is completely fixed and determined or whether nothing is, or whether it's kind of sort of somewhere in the middle and God's sovereignty and our free will just kind of coexist and work together, no matter what scenario we're, we're truly living in, our prayers do make a difference. So let's just keep on doing that. That's right. I'm going to leave us with this verse that is just kind of sums up God's will for us. It's first Thessalonians five, 16 to 18 from the ESV rejoice, always pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And that sums it up. Pray without ceasing. Yeah. Why would we pray if it didn't make a difference? So pray like mm -hmm. it makes a difference because it does. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully this wasn't too in the weeds and gave you some food for thought and encouraged your prayer lives some as well. So I think for me, yeah, my, my big takeaway is yeah, prayer matters no matter what kind of worldview you hold. Uh, you can come to the conclusion the prayer matters. And I think that that in and of itself, I know when I, when I need like an extra dose, when I feel like I've just been praying very mediocrely and complacently for quite a while to kind of light that fire under my spirit. I do think about this calling that, yeah, the world's going to be way worse off if I don't pray. Is that a hundred percent true? No, maybe not. I, I'm not going to argue if you say, yeah, if I had never been born and I never prayed these prayers, um, zero change in the, you know, in the existence of humanity would exist. I don't care because I love being part of what is being played out. And I am participating in that by praying for the things that are happening in this world. Amen. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and
close up today. Go ahead, please leave us a review and tell your friends if you're encouraged by our show. And we are going to leave you with our blessing and benediction. Today and all days, may you be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. May he clothe you in his robes of salvation and adorn you with garments of praise. May you put on today a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. May you be covered by the full armor of God so that whatever this day may bring, you will be able to hold your ground. And over all these virtues, may you put on love, which holds them all together in perfect unity. Our benediction is from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show. And we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to him and change the world one prayer at a time.